Praise the Lord. If you would turn in your Bibles with me tonight to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. We'll be reading 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 through 10. Let me just say what an honor it's been to be with you these past few weeks. Uh, I've, I feel like we've had a progression in each service. And, uh, and I believe that tonight will be no different. Amen? Amen. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 through 10. If you have it, say amen. amen. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans of Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for your word. Lord, I pray a fresh anointing upon me to preach your word to your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I, uh, seeking the Lord about tonight, and um, I was reminded of the first time that I preached to my home church, to the whole church. Now, I had been preaching for years to the youth group, if you want to call what I was doing preaching. Uh, it was a struggle for sure, and I, I remember years after preaching, I was surprised that any of them were still saved, you know. I just, I couldn't preach my way out of a wet paper bag, you know. And, uh, but I remember the first time that pastor came up to me and said, you know, we want you to preach to the entire church. And uh, at the time, on Sunday nights, we had something called Take 10. And that's when they would let rookies, like myself, uh, behind the pulpit for 10 minutes. They figured, hey, 10 minutes is enough time. They can't wreck everything in 10 minutes. So, you know, we'll give them this 10-minute space, right? And so I remember the first time I got asked to do take 10. I mean, I was, I was very excited. I was very nervous. I had never prepared so much for 10 minutes in my life, you know. And uh, so I put all this time and prayer in. I felt so sure that I had a word from the Lord. And uh, I remember that message. It was called Not For Sale, right? And I, and I, I mean, I had copious notes for 10 minutes worth of speaking. And I have never preached that message to this day. I was driving to the church like two hours before church, you know, to pray. And, you know, because I was so nervous about this 10-minute time slot. And so I'm driving to the church two hours beforehand, spend some time with the Lord, and I got my iPad, my Bible, and I get to the church, and my iPad would not turn on. Whew. Fear struck my spirit, let me tell you. I thought, no problem, I'll just call Jennifer on this cell phone that I pay for every month. Straight to voicemail, it went. I was like, okay, now I'm really getting nervous, right? You know, 
And uh, I remember I went up into the youth mezzanine to pray. And I started talking to the Lord. And I mean, I was, I was getting irritated. I remember the Holy Ghost asked me, how do you feel right now? And I remember I just blurted it out, out loud. I said, I feel so frustrated. And the Lord said, there are going to be people there tonight that are frustrated just the way you are right now. And immediately, the Lord began to give me something else to speak that night. And he gave me a message called frustrated at dawn. Frustrated at dawn. And I used that verse in Psalms that said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And he said, I want you to use that 10 minutes to preach faith to those who are getting ready to come out of their night season. But they're getting ready to let frustration rob them of their victory when that sun comes up on their night season. He said, tell them not to be frustrated at dawn. If they could just hang on a little bit longer, their season is getting ready to change. Hallelujah. And the Lord reminded me of that tonight. And he laid this message on my heart that I'm going to preach to you. I want to preach to you for the next few moments. We're almost finished. Finishing's a big deal. Finishing is a big deal. Because if you don't finish, the other 99% was all for nothing. Yet finishing can be the most difficult part of any job. Now, man, I'm going to warn you right now that you need to keep your eyes up here for just the next couple minutes and not look at your wives, okay? Just, that's a fair warning. Just a little something about myself. I'm not great at finishing. However, I am an excellent starter. Excellent at starting. Visionary. Oh, it would look great if we did this project. And then I go to Home Depot, the funnest part of any job, where you buy the tools and the supplies and you come home with that truck full of stuff and you know exactly what it's going to look like when it's done, right? And you get about 80% of the way where you can see a massive change from when you began. And all of a sudden, that last 20% becomes very elusive. And that little mess, that little pile of tools, it sits there for a long time before that other 20% becomes accomplished. Because finishing is difficult. Finishing is difficult. But finishing is everything in the kingdom of God. Starting we get a lot of energy out of starting. We come in and we lay down our sin before the Lord. We repent. We cast our weight upon him. He fills us with his spirit. We're baptized in his name and we leave here full of faith thinking that we are going to feel the same way every day as we did when we started. But we soon find out that there's a whole middle ground in between starting and finishing. And we don't feel that way every day. 
We don't have that same inspiration every day. And that's what I want to preach to you about here tonight. Back in March, I, um, you guys remember March? It was about 10 years ago. And um, back in March, uh, something happened that rocked our house. Our kids came home from school and they didn't go back. And that changed everything. Because I was used to having some time. I was used to breathing. I was used to having some space, right? And all of a sudden, I didn't have any of that anymore. Solitude, quietness, all those things ceased to exist on March 15th. And so I decided I need to do something. I needed a reason to leave when we weren't allowed to leave. And so I decided I was going to take up running. Yeah. That's good. You should laugh. Yeah. So I decided I was going to become a runner, just like that. I was running away from my problems, <laughs> let me tell you. And so I started to run, and, and I jumped into running just like I jump in to do-it-yourself home projects. I was all in, right? I was excited. I bought running shoes, you know? I went to DickSportingGoods.com because you couldn't go shopping anywhere, and so I ordered some stuff. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a runner. It's going to be great. And I drove to the park, and I went to that track, and I ran as hard as I could. And the next day, I did not run the next day. Or the day after that. Or many, many days after that. I stopped running just like that. Because I didn't realize that you can't just jump into running at, and I won't say what my age is. You can't just jump into running when you're this far along in life. <laughs> See, I used to have like physical jobs, you know, that required a lot of energy, but then I started evangelizing and then I didn't do really anything physical anymore. And so I was like, that'll be my why. That'll be my reason, right? Not just escape. I need something better than that. So I need to get healthy. So I'm going to start running. So I started running, but I discovered you can't just jump in. You can't just go all in because it's painful. It hurts. I figured out that there were some other things that I was going to have to do in order to become a successful runner. I figured out that if I was ever going to be a successful runner, I was going to have to change the way I eat. See, I'm not a natural athlete, and my approach to this endeavor was not the right approach. What I needed to do was figure out how I was going to build endurance so that I could finish what I started. See, because after that first run, I came back and my knees swelled up. And I've always subscribed to the no pain, no gain mentality. That doesn't work with running. When your joints hurt, it's not the same thing as when your muscles hurt. 
when your knees hurt, when your joints hurt, when your bones hurt, you have to listen. Or you'll become injured. I started learning about runner's knees. And you know what I discovered? If I was going to run, I needed to ease into it. I started listening to some coaching. And this coaching said, if you're going to run, you got to dial it way back and just ease in. Be consistent, but just ease in. Because your joints can't handle it until your muscles get stronger. Your muscles have to get strong enough to absorb the shock that your body is taking in that run. And so I started easing into it. And the more I eased into it, the more my endurance built. That first time that I ran, I ran one mile. And I thought I was going to die. But then I began to adjust my diet a little bit. See, I didn't realize that as a coffee drinker, I was hurting myself. Because that caffeine was dehydrating me every day. I wasn't just a coffee drinker. I mean, coffee was a pretty serious thing in my life. And I found out I was dehydrating myself on a regular basis. And those late night meals and that bag of Doritos and those snack cakes that I love so much, they were all hurting me when I ran. Hmm. Listen, folks, this church has been on a journey for a long time. The church has been in a race for a long time. And we're almost finished. Some of you feel like you're getting ready to faint. Like you can't make it to the finish line. Like you can't go another day. And you're starting to discover that there's some things in your life that aren't helping you along the way. There's some things that you've been consuming that aren't adding strength to the run. There are some things that have been robbing you of your endurance. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I started drinking a whole lot more water. And you know what happened? The cramping started going away. I started drinking less coffee. I started passing by the pantry and saying, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and my endurance started to build up. Hmm. <laughs> And then run after run after run, I started going a little bit longer. That cramping started to subside. I started feeling a little bit more strength. All of a sudden, my joints quit aching the way they had ached in the beginning. Mm. I've come here to minister a word of encouragement to somebody here tonight. The Lord is getting your attention and saying, if you'll just change your diet just a little bit. If you'll just make some adjustments in your life, you're going to renew that strength that you were, mm, that strength that you've been after. See, you know what I used to do? I used to guzzle a whole bunch of coffee in the afternoon when I needed strength. 
but I don't do that anymore because I found out really it was just depleting my strength. Some of you have been resorting to some other things in those weary moments just to get you by. God's saying, hey, if you'll just come back to that prayer closet, I'll renew your strength. If you'll just get in my spirit a little bit, I'm going to rehydrate you. I'm going to give you everything that you need to run this race. I know you feel like you're about to faint. I, I know it feels like everything in your life uh, is pulling you and you feel pain and you feel discouragement. Uh, but just hang on uh, and come to me for a little bit more strength because we're almost finished. Uh, the Lord is speaking to somebody here tonight uh, to tell you not to give up. This is not the time uh, to reach out. Out, uh, and go to things uh, that used to comfort you in the past. This is not the time uh, to rekindle that old relationship or run back to that old friendship uh, or go back to things that used to be familiar. This is the time uh, to start eating of the bread of life. Uh, this is the time uh, to start consuming that living water. Uh, this is the time uh, to come to him uh, and allow him to renew your strength because we're almost finished. He doesn't want to see you frustrated right before your victory. He doesn't want to see you miss it right before you get there. He wants to see you finish because in the kingdom of God, finishing is victory. You don't have to be the first one across the finish line. It doesn't matter if people pass before you or people are behind you. As long as you finish the race, you will have victory. Mm. You know, and the deception is that it doesn't matter if you're a weak runner. I was talking earlier about the joints that hurt, right? The Bible talks about us as one body, compacted, every joint supplieth. Do you realize that when you're consuming the wrong things, when you're not nourishing, your walk with God and you become a weak runner that it affects everybody else. You're putting more pressure on somebody else than they need to carry because you're not doing the things that you need to do. Does that make sense? And what the Lord doesn't want, what your pastor doesn't want, what the preacher doesn't want is we don't want anybody standing at the finish line like Paul did and say, hey, Demas didn't make it. Demas didn't make it because he fell in love with the pleasures of the world. Mm. And right now the world is screaming to those that are in the race saying, hey, the race is too hard. Just come over here for a little bit of pleasure. Why don't you just step out of the race for a little bit and just relieve yourself? Uh, I, got some I got some pleasure that'll take the pressure off of you right now. And we run to that pleasure. And we think we can just jump back in the race the next day. You know what happens? We try to get back in that race and all of a sudden, oh, <laughs> I'm hurting again. I can barely put one foot in front of the other. I don't know if I'm going to make it. And we find out that that pleasure deceived us. And it robbed us of our strength. And it didn't add anything to us. I believe that the church is going to cross the finish line. But it's not going to stumble through in a weakened state. I believe we're going to run across the finish line strong. I believe we're going to run across the finish line 
finish line healthy. I believe we're going to run across that finish line with victory in our spirit, with a shout on our lips, with a praise in our heart. I believe the church is going to finish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we, we wonder why we go through all the things that we go through. I can tell you why. You know another lesson I learned? I had to stretch before I ran. Sometimes life is just stretching you so that you can run. Mm. I found out that when I stretched, I could run a whole lot farther. Mm. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation that the trial of your faith. You know why we go through trials of our faith? They stretch us and they keep us in the race. They keep us limber so we can keep on running day after day after day. Hey, friend of mine, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring your way. You may get a phone call that changes everything in your life, but I do know this, that if you'll stay in the race, if you'll keep on consuming the things you need to consume, if you'll keep your eyes on him in the race, you are going to finish. You are going to make it. If you'll keep on drinking of that living water, if you'll keep getting in his presence, if you'll keep walking in the spirit you're gonna finish the race there won't be anything this world can throw at you that will take you out of the race you'll stand on that finish line and you'll say I finished my course I finished my course I ran the race as best as I could and I finished mm. we don't want to just finish solo right we want to make it together. Yes. Huh. I ran yesterday 6.2 miles. It's the longest I've ever run. For me, that broke a barrier. <laughs> and you're going to find huh, that if you'll stay in the race, you're going to keep mm, going from victory to victory to victory. You just got to stay in the race. You know, there was a couple times that I had to walk, but you know what I didn't do? I didn't stop. I just kept putting one foot in front of the other until I made it to that finish. Ah, There's a marathon in New York City every year. Probably not this year, but every other year. The New York City Marathon. It's 26.2 miles. They say a lot of marathons think to be a marathon, it has to be at least 20 miles. And that New York City Marathon is one of the longest marathons in the world. And they were talking about the runners and the training. And I was surprised to find out that 90% of the runners make it. Anybody else surprised about that? I was surprised about that. They said they'll... Ex They'll experience all kinds of things in the race. Extreme fatigue, exhaustion, dehydration, but 90% make it. But after those runners leave the starting line, a few minutes afterwards, once they're a mile or two into the race, there's a bus that leaves the starting line. It's called the sweep bus. And that bus drives real slowly the course of that race. 
And what happens is, if you can't finish, if you give up, you get picked up by the sweep bus. And when you get on that bus, they take that card, that registration card that they gave you when you started that race, and they stamp it, DNF, did not finish. They asked some runners, they said, how did you finish? Most of the runners had run 20-mile marathons before, but so many had not run the New York City Marathon. They asked those that were running it for the first time, they said, how did you make it? that last 6.2 miles. What was it that carried you to the end? You know what they said? They said it was the cheer of the crowd. That when they got to that 20 mile marker, all of a sudden, the noise of the crowd got louder. There were people there handing out little cups of water. And people started cheering and cheering and cheering. And they would experience this surge of energy right at the end of the race that carried them that last 6.2 miles. Friend, I've come to cheer you on tonight. To tell you you're going to make it the last 6.2 miles. We're almost finished. I know you're hurting. I know you're weary. I know it feels like you can't go another step. I know some of you have been tempted. And you're just waiting on that sweet bus to come and pick you up. But I've come with a word to tell you tonight. You're going to finish the race. Because we're going to cheer you to the finish. We're going to take you by the hand. Hey, if i got to run a little bit slower, I'll run a little bit slower. As long as we can cross that finish line together. We're all going to make it to the finish line. I believe in the name of Jesus that the Lord has sent me here tonight to help somebody to keep you from quitting. You've been thinking about raising the white flag. You've faced so many obstacles this year. You feel so drained in your energy. You thought, why don't I just stay home? Why don't I just stay home? I can just, I, I can just make it next week or, or maybe I come next month but somehow you made it to the house of God tonight I'm telling you you're gonna finish the race you came and God's given you some bread he's given you some water he's given you some strength you're gonna finish the race just stand with me tonight but I believe there's some people that have been running with some weights that you don't need to carry. You know, if I want to run a marathon, the last thing I want to do is pack a backpack. Hmm. I want to be as light as I can. I knew a guy when I was growing up, I used to do yard work for this guy in my neighborhood. His name was Mr. McNeil. Mr. McNeil was like a big dude, right? And I remember he would cut his grass and he'd put weights on his legs to cut his grass. I was just like, what? (laughs) 
He was getting stronger. Right? He was preparing. But you don't put weights on in the race. He cut almost shot that. Some of you have been trying to run with weights on. He thought I'm a she. You know, weights aren't always sinful. They're just the things of the flesh that weigh us down. Lord, speaking to somebody here tonight saying, hey, just cast that weight off. You don't got to run with that. It's just depleting your energy. It's just depleting your strength. Why don't you come to me for strength? Why don't you come to me for joy? You don't need that escape in your life. It's just a weight. I want you to pray with me. Jesus. Lord, you see where each of us is at in the race. You see where each of us is at on the journey. Lord, you see the things that we've had to deal with this year. Or the chaos that's erupted in our world. The personal struggles that we've had to fight. The family circumstances that have seemed to crop up out of nowhere. God, tonight, I believe you've come to give strength. Batolomoshaya. To every runner in this race. To minister encouragement to those who have been thinking about quitting. Lord, to lift up the eyes of those that have lost their focus on why they're running this race to begin with. Lord, I pray tonight, God. That they would feel the refreshing of your spirit. Ah, putting fresh breath in them, fresh life in them. Lord, that fresh virtue would be poured out in this service tonight, God. Ah, be encouraged because we're almost finished. There is a finish line. Ah, there is a reward. There is an eternity. And friend, we are going to make it. We're going to make it together. Mm. This worship team begins to sing. I just want to open up these altars here tonight. I'm just going to encourage you to come and draw strength from the presence of the Lord. As you begin to make your way to the...